What's up guys, Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's Century Tournament of Champions and doesn't it feel so good to say that we are back after a couple of weeks without PGA Tour Golf, we are jumping right back into it with an absolutely stacked field in Hawaii. We'll get to more of that in just a second, but this is the first DFS preview of 2022, which as you can imagine means... There's a lot of new and cool stuff coming in your direction. So don't fast forward this just yet. I know a lot of you like to do that, but there are three things that I want to point out. And I will note that all of the new items for 2022 are going to be in a link in the description. I typed them all out so you can check it out for yourself, read through them at your leisure. But here are the three big upgrades. Number one, the data engine behind rickrungood.com has has received a significant upgrade. Uh, Just a few bullet points. Every single measured round on the PGA Tour dating back to 2008, that's now in the database. Every result on the European Tour for the last 10 years, that's in the database. Corn Ferry Tour, every result in its entire existence, that's in the database along with every result from the Champions Tour in its entire existence. So what you're going to see is a much more comprehensive look of each golfer because it doesn't matter what tour they're going to be on. That information is available to you along with some new weighted advanced metrics. Number two, the one and done or better yet, the Rick Run Good Run and Done is now live. You have until January 12th to sign up for that. That's going to be before the start of the Sony Open. Cash prizes, a very cool championship belt, the coolest custom golf championship belt that I could find. That is what is on the line. Last check, there was like 200 or so people that were entered. Last year, I think we got about 350, so I imagine we are going to probably match or surpass that for this time around. And then finally, the content schedule, I did post on Twitter. You can find it as my pinned tweet, a little bit different for 2022. Thursday and Friday, excuse me, Tuesday and Friday, getting used to it already myself, is going to be a new show called The Scramble with Andy Lack. It is going to be news, fantasy, betting, all that good stuff. It's a live interactive show every Tuesday and every Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of valuable information. I hope you enjoy it. But without further ado, let's get into this week's tournament preview. The plantation course at Kapalua, my goodness, Uh, it seems like a nice easy way to start off the year, but let's not forget 39 of the 40 qualified players for this event have committed and they are going to play. The only one you're not going to see is Rory McIlroy. So this is a strength of field that is about 516 according to the official World Golf Rankings strength of field. It is basically twice the strength of the Tournament of Champions two years ago, and it's really kind of an upper echelon uh, field at this moment, or at least in terms of the strength. The course itself is very generous, resort-style course. I've played it. Everything you see on TV and everything that you've heard about it is indeed true. The only defense out there is wind, which we saw a couple of years ago when Justin Thomas won this event. I believe 14 under par was your winning score, but otherwise, it's resort golf. Fairways that at times are literally 100 yards wide. The 
8,700 square feet greens on average, some of the largest that we get on the PGA Tour schedule. So you're gonna be able to hit fairways, you're going to be able to hit greens, and realistically, you're going to have a lot of birdie and even eagle opportunities. It's just a matter of who fills it up the most that is likely to win this golf tournament. When we look at the advanced metrics, and if you're new here in 2022, welcome. This is one of my favorite little nuggets that we start with each and every week because this is the key stats model on rickrungood.com. And what I've done is I've taken all of the results in the last dozen or so years at every single course. I've taken every statistic that's available from the PGA Tour, and I've run a, 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 a modified correlation report against all of those metrics. And basically what it allows you to do is create the types of golfers that have had success at every single course. Well, the types of golfers that have had success at Kapalua, strokes gain total, guys that rank well there. In fact, there's only two other courses in which strokes gain total is more highly correlated. Uh, uh, Strokes gained approach, seventh, which means there's only six other courses courses in which strokes gained approach is more important. And then strokes gained putting, number two. In fact, there is only one other course in which strokes gained putting has has been more correlated to success than at Kapalua. Things that are not correlated with success, driving accuracy. Because as I noted, it doesn't, like I could hit these fairways out there. I have hit these fairways out there, right? Very easy. And even if you are missing the fairway, you're not in too much trouble. So you're not able to separate yourself in a way that you would normally like. The fact that you've got strokes gain approach, the fact that you've got strokes gain putting in here, it ends up being kind of a birdie fest. Who's going to fill it up the most? Who's going to get enough looks at 20? You know, everybody's going to get looks at 20 feet. Who's going to make the most of them? If you scroll down a little bit further, and you use the last 40 rounds, you can kind of see some of the adjusted fit guys. That takes into account the metrics that we just looked at above, the results up there, along with the last 40 rounds of actual data and see who gets a boost, who gets a bit of a knock. Of course, John Rahm, no matter how you do this, basically any course, he comes out on top. He gets the best adjusted course fit. Sam Burns, Patrick Cantlay, Sung J.M., and Cam Smith also up there. So there is value in that eight dollars and $9,000 range. We're going to talk about each and every one of these tiers of pricing in just one second. But before I do that, it's been a while, right? It's been a couple of weeks, maybe a month for you guys, five weeks since you have played DFS golf or you have made a wager. What what kind of shape, what kind of form are these guys in? Well, that's where the brand new power rankings tool comes into play. So I'm looking at the last 50 rounds at the moment. And I can filter this by just golfers who are in the field this week. But just to show you what this what this is going to allow you to do is essentially see how good each golfer has been. In fact, John Rahm, head and shoulders above the rest of the field, gaining over two strokes per round in his last 50 rounds. The next best player in this field, Seamus Power, believe it or not. Now, you guys are going to say, Rick, Seamus Power has played in some weak, crappy field events, and John Rahm is playing with all the best players in the world. Sure, let's let's dive into that, because the brand new weighted Strokes gain metrics are here. So this has been in the works for me for probably two years. Uh, and, and I'm finally comfortable with the calculation. I'm finally comfortable with, with showing this off and including this in the tool. So you're going to see this everywhere. And it's really designed to 
I don't even want to say level the playing field, but level the playing field. It uses the, the rest of the players in the field, the strength of that field, adjusts the strokes gain metrics, because let's be real, gaining two strokes per round at the Bermuda Championship is much different than gaining two strokes per round at the U.S. Open. And this is where you start to see some really interesting results. And if I filter by just players in this field, John Rahm still head and shoulders above the rest of, of, of this field and the rest of the world of golf, gaining now over three strokes per round when you start to weigh in the strength of field numbers. Patrick Cantlay is second. I'm going to have a lot to say about Patrick Cantlay, I believe, when we get over to the cheat sheet. But Bryson DeChambeau is third. Daniel Berger is fourth. Cam Smith is fifth. Okay, are we seeing a trend here? John Rahm, Patrick Cantlay, Cam Smith, even if you go down to Sam Burns at seven, these are guys that have now already popped up on the course key stats model that this would be a good course for them and are also showing up well in the weighted strokes gain numbers, which takes into account the strength of field. So we're starting to find and identify a couple of names. Let's jump over to the cheat sheet and really get into this. Here we go. The five golfers over $10,000. John Rahm leads the way at a flat 11,000 with Colin Morikawa, Justin Thomas, Bryson DeChambeau, and Victor Hovland behind at a flat $10,000. Let's talk about this range first. No surprise that Rahm is priced this way. He absolutely should be. There is a really strong argument to be made that he is by far the best player in the world. We saw it on the strokes gain metrics. We saw it on the weighted strokes gain metrics. We saw it on the course fit. Look at his results. Whatever you want to look at, John Rahm's the best player in the world. The pricing's pretty soft, right? Only $11,000 for John Rahm. This could have easily been closer to $12,000. That's pretty soft pricing. The man who's going to try to track down John Rahm and become the number one player in the world, it's Colin Morikawa, 10,800. I do, this, this pains me a bit, but I do actually have a hair of concern about Morikawa this week. And it's not truly concern. It's just the fact that I'm not sure his strengths are really good fits for the plantation course at Kapalua. And what I mean by that is everybody's going to hit the fairway. Everyone's going to be hitting the green. When we get to this type of setup, you're now just asking the winner to basically be the best putter for the week. And we've seen Morikawa at times find a hot putter. He did it at the CJ Cup. He gained, you know, three strokes, nearly four strokes at Summit Club, almost stormed back, stormed back to win that event. And you can see when he does indeed gain strokes with the putter, uh, he basically goes on to win. So that, that, is, that is something to be very aware of. He basically goes on to win those events when he actually does putt well, but that's what you're asking him to do. And when the question is, will Morikawa putt well on a surface that he has historically been very bad on, Bermuda losing nearly half a stroke putting per round, I, I just think it's a big ask. We're going to get a million places where, where Mor Colin Morikawa is going to be an absolute stud. I'm just not ready to pay 10800 for him here. So who's the best play in the 10K range? You're certainly not going to get any arguments from me on Victor Hovland, who has uh, literally won each of his last two starts. But I believe it to be Justin Thomas at 10,600. Let's do the deep dive on JT. We are now in the stretch of six consecutive years where Justin Thomas is 
basically the best approach player on planet Earth. You know, hovering right around that nine-tenths of a stroke gain per round or one stroke gain per round for, for four or five years, that's elite. And we know it's always going to be a question about the putter, but Bermuda is actually not bad, right? He's about a, a small positive putter on Bermuda. He gains a ton of DraftKings points to the field. In fact, 86% of his tournaments over his last 81 events, he's gained DraftKings points to the field. So he's always near the top end. And just look at what he's doing. You know, the approach play back to being elite. Uh, basically alternating good and bad putting weeks. That's what you're going to want to see out of Justin Thomas. He now has four top five finishes in his last six starts. And really, this 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 narrative, it's not even really a narrative anymore, right? If we just want to go look at the best, you know, no-cut players, the best no-cut players on planet Earth, um, it's Justin Thomas. He's played 140 rounds. He's gaining a, a stroke and a half per round. Something like nine of his 14 career wins have come in no-cut events. He he just, when you guarantee the guy four rounds, he finds a way to get it done. So this has been a, a an area that he has really thrived in, and I, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for a big 2022 from Justin Thomas. He has all of the metrics in his favor. He's got the volatility in his favor, the upside. I, I just think it's about to be JT season. The $9,000 range, very small. Right, Patrick Cantlay, Xander Shoffley, Sam Burns. That's it. Hard to di- hard to dislike any of these guys. Uh, Xander Shoffley, you can throw into the mix as far as the the no cut players. Right, him and Justin Thomas are a one A one B of winning or, or of really playing well in these no cut events. And 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 Shoffley, uh, has what three? Let's see, he's got three top five finishes in his last three trips to this event. Sam Burns, I'm on record this year as Sam Burns. Uh, again, I'm ready for year of Sam Burns. He is a high upside modern player who is in line for a massive year and he makes a ton of birdies. But Patrick Cantlay, this feels like the, the most mispriced guy, right? $9,700 for our reigning FedEx Cup champion, which listen, I don't really care about that. But look at the strokes gain numbers. Look at the T to green play, gaining over a stroke per round from T to green in each of his last five seasons. He showed us last year the ability to win at each one of these green bars you're looking at. That's a win. 31 to 1 earlier in the year for his win at the Zozo Championship. Then he was 17 to 1 when he won the Memorial, 26 to 1 to win the BMW Championship. And then of course the 4 to 1 where he started with a two-shot lead at the Tour Championship. And we've seen him just be so steady, so consistent. And when he gets hot, it's dangerous. I don't think he's going to gain 14 and a half strokes putting like he did at the BMW championship, but this is a legitimate high upside golfer win equity who's being priced incorrectly. I want to do another thing here because I want to go over to the Holy Grail and I want to get rid of my filter that said only no cut events. And what I actually want to do is I want to change the strength of field and say, 500 or better. Basically, when the best players in the world get together, who comes out on top? Again, no surprise, John Rahm is number one. It's 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 ridiculous that John Rahm shows up in, in, in almost every single possible facet that you could that you could put together. But a consistent number two in course, in recent form, in weighted strokes gained. In good strength of field, it's Patrick Cantlay. 
$9,700. Patrick Cantlay is second to John Rahm with Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka, and Xander Shoffley rounding out the top five there. Jordan Spieth, Hideki Matsuyama, Bryson DeChambeau, the only other golfers who um, average over one stroke gained per round in those difficult field events. This, to me, is a early 2022 mispricing. $9,700 for Patrick Cantlay feels wrong. The 8K range, pretty fascinating. Right, we've got Jordan Spieth, Hideki Matsuyama, Brooks Kepka, Daniel Berger, Sung J.M., Cam Smith, and Abraham Answer, and Tony Fina. List of really good names, and in this, in most fields, those guys would be, uh, you know, decent favorites, right? So, so it's, what do we do with it? So let's start with Spieth at the top. Uh, I think that Jordan Spieth is probably the golfer in this field with the widest range of outcomes because he has legitimate legitimate winning upside. Absolutely. We saw it not only from his advanced metrics throughout the course of the summer, the fact that he actually did get a victory at the Valero Texas Open, but we have seen it at this event in the past, right? Here is Jordan Spieth. He has, let's see if I can find it here. Yeah, a win already in this event in 2016. He finished third in 2017. He finished second in 2014. So in the in three of the four trips he's made to this event, he has finished inside the top three. What did I say? Three out of four times. Okay, so we, we've got that established. I'd be lying to you if I didn't tell you I was a little bit concerned with the recent form. And I talked about this a lot as, as, as Jordan Speed kind of limped to the finish line of 2021. Lost strokes on approach in four of his last five measured events. That's super troublesome compared to the stretch of golf that he played before that. Even more so is that does not even include the Hero World Challenge in which he finished dead last and lost 16 strokes to the field. So not great. Obviously, with four weeks off, basically a month off, you would hope that Spieth has been able to get right. You never know. Maybe he's been spending time uh, with the newborn at home. I don't know what he's been up to, but that is why I believe he could absolutely win this thing and he could absolutely finish dead last. You are not buying uh, Jordan Spieth for his safety this week. You are buying it for pure volatility and how that fits into your lineups. Cam Smith at 8,300 is nearly impossible to avoid. He's showing up literally everywhere we go. I showed you the power rankings last 50 rounds. This is the weighted data. This is the weighted strokes gain number. So Cam Smith is fifth in this field in terms of weighted strokes gained over his last 50 rounds. It's not a fluke. You go back to his last 100 rounds, uh, Cam Smith actually gets better. He goes to third in this field behind just John Rahm and Patrick Cantlay. I don't even know. What happens if we go to a thousand rounds? That would be basically everybody's career. Cam Smith. Okay. Yeah. He falls. I only have, well, I have 534 rounds on Cam Smith, but I mean, you're talking about 50 rounds, a hundred rounds. Cam Smith is a top tier weighted strokes gained player. That means he's playing well in events with a lot of other really good players. Now, We know he won, didn't he win what, last year at Sony? So Hawaii's been a good place for him. Uh, He putts well on Bermuda grass. He did, you know, he's not going to get as much credit for the win at the team event, Zurich Classic, uh, with with Mr. Mark Leishman as he should, but he had another close call at the Northern Trust and played well at the RSM Classic. This is just shaping up to be another really solid year from Cam Smith. And I kind of like the fact that the weakest part of his game, the off the tee part, who cares this week, right? I mean, there's going to be some guys who gain a lot of strokes off the tee. Like if 
Like when we saw Dustin Johnson nearly drive, or he did drive the green, nearly made an ace on, oh man, I'm, I'm maybe 13 or 14, wherever that short par four is. That shot alone gained him like 1.8 strokes off the tee. We're, we're, we're going to see some really good driving weeks, but you don't have to. You're going to, as long as you hit it in the correct spot of the fairway, it's going to roll down another 50 yards. I just think that's not a huge differentiator for this, this week. And in fact, the metrics would agree. So going to be hard to avoid Cam Smith at 8,300. The flip side of that is Abraham Answer, right? 81, where Answer's strengths are accurate off the tee, not very long, you know, turning it into a kind of a, a second shot course. You just wonder if there are better spots for Abraham answer. That is, that is not Kapalua. The $7,000 range that we have here, uh, led by Patrick Reed goes down to Billy Horschel includes Kevin Na, Taylor Gooch, Jason Kokrak, our defending champion, Harris English. It's interesting. It's fine. I'm not, I don't think I'm sprinting to get to the window on any of these guys. I will point out a few things. And I mentioned this before the QBE shootout with Kevin Na, the upside of Jason Kokrak is real, you guys. And the fact that he's turned into this amazing putter, that's going to help this week. He's long off the tee, which it's not a requirement, but it's certainly never going to hurt you. His second shots are going to be shorter than a lot of guys, or he's going to be hitting shorter clubs in. Jason Kokrak's a good player, really, really good player, and I'm excited for his year. The one guy that I think uh, continues to be interesting is Taylor Gooch. He's 7,600, and we're seeing Gooch really come into his own in terms of the approach play, right? So the, the fact that he is um, a ball, I, I don't want to call him a ball striker because he's not very good off the tee. He's actually just much better on approach. He has gained at least five strokes on approach. Five, five in four of his last seven measured starts. That's a ton. That's a lot. Culminates with a win at the RSM Classic when realistically, he was probably the fall MVP. He got the win. He had a bunch of top tens, played really well. The advanced metrics loved him. That's a good stretch of golf from Gooch and kind of in a similar vein to what I said about Cameron Smith earlier is the the, the one flaw that he doesn't really gain a lot off the tee, I don't think is going to be an issue this week. Just be a zero, be a small negative, hit your second shots into these large greens, give yourself enough looks. I, I, I really do think it is a pretty good pathway for Gooch to maybe not win, but to find success out of a $7,000 range 7600 that doesn't really get me all that excited about anybody else Kokrak Gooch is probably where I'd I'd, I'd love to live here and then finally the $6,000 range and this is a massive range this is where you kind of see a lot of these just like one hit wonders guys who won once in maybe a weaker field event they get thrown in here a couple of things worth noting Seamus Power I kind of joked about him earlier as being Oh, you know, in terms of strokes gained in the last 40 rounds, he's just behind John Rahm and maybe nobody else, right? That's that's what I said. He's sitting here at 6,600. Let me see if I can find that again. Yeah, so it's Rahm, number one, Louis Ustazen, number two, who's not in this field, and then Seamus Power. That's raw strokes gain numbers, okay? So 1.44 strokes gained per round. That's why the weighted strokes gain numbers really help with this because if you go to the same time frame the last 40 rounds, you'll see that... Uh, Seamus actually falls to 19th and that's just in this field. So when you open it up to the rest of the PGA tour, you get a pretty significant drop off. He goes down to 30. He goes down to 34th. He's right. Uh, he's right here. Okay. So that's, that's 
noteworthy, but I, I, I'd still like his game, right? He continues to gain strokes basically across the board. In fact, if you go and look at just the raw metrics, uh, there's really few guys that are gaining uh, across the board, like Seamus Power is. If you go to the last, I don't know what we want to do. Like, let's do this field and I don't know, 40 rounds or so. Like, he gains across the board. Who else can say that? John Rahm can say it. I think Patrick Cantlay can say it. That might be it, just through a quick glance here. So, there really is something to be said for his consistency and not relying on one single aspect of his game. Cam Davis could be exciting in a spot like this. He's only 6,200. So, here's Cam. This, this number right here, 15.6, that's how many DraftKings points he has gained to the field on average, which is an absolute bonkers number. It is way more than any one of his other peers here. Now, you could say a lot of that came from uh, his win, but he, he is... He's a great DraftKings player. He makes a lot of birdies. He's going to give himself a lot of eagle putts. He's going to give it back with, with bogeys. But when you're trading bogeys and birdies, you're, you're making out great in terms of DraftKings points. So you give him four guaranteed rounds. You put him on a course where he can bomb it and not really worry about where it ends up because he's not going to be in that much trouble. And you rely on just the, the raw talent to kind of make as many birdies as possible. And Cam Davis becomes an interesting DraftKings option because of the way the scoring is set up. So 60 $200 that provides a lot of really, I, I, I guess, I guess value is really the only word I can look for. And then rounding this group out at 6,100, Joel Damon, I'm pretty excited for his year. If you look at the victory that he got at another tropical place, right? He goes over to Punta Cana, wins that. And then what did he do after that win? Well, he gained strokes on approach in what looks to be about 12 of his next 16 events, something like that. Very good finish to the year. And he putted well. In his last five, he gained strokes putting in four of them, measured events, of course. And he had a couple of other top 10 finishes at Barracuda and the Houston Open. This could be a decent start to the year for Joel Damon. And at $6,100, you're really not asking him to do all that much, right? Beat out a couple of these guys at the bottom, finish like 23rd. You might be, you might be pretty stoked about that. Now, finally, before we get out of here, let's run a model. This is the custom model at rickrungood.com. This has also seen some major upgrades, which I am proud of, and I hope that you guys are excited for. Not only is it going to save your progress, not only did I throw in the weighted strokes gain numbers so that you can use those as well, not only are the DraftKings points gained being added, not only can you do the randomness, it's just, it's just so much fun. You can swap out players after you run them in the lot. There's just been a lot of really good upgrades here, but I'll save that for another day. What do I want to do? Well, we are... So usually what I would normally say is in a week where everyone has had basically four or five weeks off, some guys longer, you start to reset everybody kind of back to their own baselines. So I'm going to go with the last 50 rounds here. And because we do have such a really a really strong field, I, I, I'm going to use the weighted numbers. I'm going to use them. I'm going to use the weighted strokes gain numbers. So what I'm going to do is, and I can do these stat ranks as well, I'm going to follow the course key stats. And I'm going to say the types of golfers that have had success are approach players. So I'm going to put 25 on weighted strokes gained approach. And I'm going to put 25 on weighted strokes gained putting. I'm also going to rely uh, heavily on my DraftKings points gained column. This is a 
draft, this is a fantasy point game. Shouldn't we be using that as a metric? So I've used 75 of my 100 weights. So I have one, uh, 25 more to allocate. This is a par 73. So you're getting like the extra par five as well. So I'm going to put, probably put 15 on par five scoring average, which leaves me with 10 more, 10 more. I could put it on strokes gained off the tee, weighted strokes gained off the tee. I could put it on driving distance. That's never going to be an issue, right? If you're if you're relying on driving distance. Let's do that. Let's do our final 10 on distance because I, did, I didn't have an off the tee metric yet. So I'm going to allocate it like that. And I will sort this by value and find out my best players are, oh boy. Well, John Rahm, no surprise, number one, wide gap. Cam Smith, number two, cannot get rid of that guy. I cannot shake Cam Smith. He's $8,300. He is my second ranked golfer in my model. DeChambeau is third, someone I probably didn't spend a single ounce of oxygen on. Maybe I should change that. Can't lay four. Xander, five. Kokrak, six. Burns, seven. Answer, eight. Hovland, nine. And Jordan Spieth coming in at 10. That's my top 10 right there. You're looking at it. Interesting. So what I w- what my takeaways from this are, I've got to probably just lose all my money on Cam Smith this week. Seems to just show up everywhere if I really believe in the numbers, and of course that I do, if I believe in the calculations, and of course that I do, probably just have to play the guy. Bryson shows up, and I have not spent much energy on Bryson so far this week. So I'm going to have to do a little bit of homework on, on Bryson. I imagine the way that this is shaking out is that Guys like uh, like Coke Rack will probably be a value play for me at $7,700. Maybe I should reconsider answer. We'll, we'll see about that. But I, I still probably firmly believe that Patrick Cantlay is, is significantly mispriced here. Would you have been surprised if Patrick Cantlay was $10,800? No, I don't. I, I think the answer is no. So that's probably the way this shakes out for me. I'm excited to see the way it shakes out for you. We are into 2022. It's going to be a phenomenal year. There's going to be a lot of great stuff coming already. A lot of updates made to the site. Please join me for all the content this week. Make sure you're subscribed to the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. The audio feed is in, your, is in the description. Let's have a blast this year. Good luck. I'll talk to you guys soon.